0: Perfect. Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang
1: on it. No heart? You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries. Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder.
2: Thanks, Adam, and welcome to the program, everybody. I am Bill Snyder. This is Young Catholics Respond, and thank you so much for joining us on today's program. I'm blessed to be with you and. Uh, I really do encourage you to check out our website for more information about our ministry. Patchworkheart.org is the website, and of course, wherever you are listening to this on Patchwork Heart Radio, thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to check out our other live program, Sowing Hope, on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Today I am joined by Father Edward Looney, who was ordained a priest in the Diocese of Green Bay in June of 2015. He is an internationally recognized Marian theologian, writer, speaker, and radio personality. He is a member of the Mariological Society of America and serves on its administrative council. Father Looney is the author of the best selling books A Heart Like Mary's, A Rosary Litany, A Lenten Journey with Mother Mary, and many more. Father Looney has also appeared on radio and television through the Apostolates of Relevant Radio, Radio Maria, Shalom World, and EWTN. He is going to be talking about his uh, upcoming book, Meditations After Holy Communion, on today's program. Father Looney, welcome to the program, and thank you so very much for joining me once again on Young Catholics Respond.
0: Well, thanks, Bill. It's always a great joy and pleasure to be able to join you and your ministry, and uh, also just to share about the good work uh, that the Lord has inspired me to do.
2: Yeah, you know, um, first of all, this th- this book uh, I think is so needed, especially for our times here, uh, because many people are reconnecting with the mass in in new ways. Uh, you know, we ha- we ha- coming out of this pandemic, we some of us were, uh, you know, shuttered at home. Many of us are returning back to mass and returning back to our encounter with the Eucharist, and we need to meditate. Uh, and we need to come into a deeper relationship with our, our Lord through Holy Communion. So I think this book is so needed. And, uh, you know, you really talk about some very impressive uh, things in the introduction about your own journey of faith. So I, I'd love it if you would uh, just talk with us about your reasons for writing this book and uh, and what is what is contained in it.
0: Sure. Yeah. You know, you hit the nail right on the head that people are coming back to mass after the pandemic. And this was a book that I was inspired to write, you know, a number of years ago. Um, But I never really moved ahead with it. It just remained as kind of one of those unfinished documents on your computer. And then the pandemic happened. And then we were quarantined. And then we weren't going many places. And I said, I think this is the excellent opportunity for me to write uh, this book of Eucharistic meditations because because we're not going to Mass, or we weren't going to Mass at that time. And I said, well, when we come out of the pandemic, we're going to need something to renew and to deepen our Eucharistic belief. And that's really what I hoped Meditations After Holy Communion would accomplish. Now, I took the cue from a priest back in the 1950s. Uh, actually, he lived before that. He died uh, in the 50s or or the 60s. He was probably the most popular Jesuit of his time. So think about today, the Jesuits in the Catholic Church, you probably think of Father Mitch Pacwa or Father James Martin, or, uh, you know, those are kind of two of the bigger, well-known Jesuits in, in media work. And Father Daniel Lord was that for his generation. He Uh, founded his own apostolate, he worked in Hollywood, he wrote the Hollywood Code of Ethics, and Father Daniel Lord uh, would preach uh, to nuns, he would celebrate Mass for different orders of nuns, and afterwards he would lead them in a prayerful experience after Holy Communion or after Mass to really help them to continue their meditation, to continue their prayer. And for me, I thought, well, we need that, too, Because so often after Mass, we get up and we leave, and maybe we don't even give a second thought. And I I really wanted to draw our attention to the fact of who it is we are receiving, and then how it is that we respond to that. So meditations after Holy Communion came out of my own research on Father Lord for a paper that I wrote for a conference, an academic conference, but... Uh, one of my friends at that conference said, you have a gift, and, and that's always to bring back something that's old and to make it relevant again, and you should do that with this. And so that always sat in the back of my mind, and with the book, Meditations After Holy Communion, my aim then is to teach people really how to take questions that they have and to really talk to them, talk to the Lord about those questions, to seek clarity, to find answers, you know, our relationship with God is a dialogue. And so that's what prayer is. It's us crying out to God. It's us talking to God, sharing with God the different things of our life, but also receiving from Him His love and His mercy. And so I really hope that uh, through the meditations, that is what is accomplished.
2: Yeah, you know, um, it really is a very beautiful book, and, and, and it's laid out so that, um, you know, there's a meditation for each and every Sunday and then also the different holy days of obligation, right? I mean, like, this is a uh, a wonderful book to be able to take to Mass with you, right? Like, like you know, people should be, you know taking this book to Mass with them or even after Mass when they get home if they had, didn't have that quiet moment at Mass to maybe, you know, continually reflect on what they have just received. But um, what's, what's, uh, what, what struck me was, uh, you know, your your journey too um, about coming to realize the, the um, you know, the power of those simple moments be, behind... Uh, communion, right? Those moments right after reception of communion. We, would you talk a little about your personal experience with, with you know, meditating on uh, communion and some of the practices that you have done throughout your life?
0: Yeah, so I'll address two things. Maybe the first thing that you mentioned, you know, taking the book to Mass, and uh, I really envision that people can use it, for example, maybe as a family, on the car ride into mass, read the little kind of the introduction to the day, kind of my own little personal story or sharing that I offer. And then afterwards, maybe reflect on those questions together as a family in the car on the ride home. And then say that little prayer that I wrote at the end of each week, together uh, to gather, uh, in the car. So I think you can do it that way. You can also use it personally, get to church a little early, read the introduction, maybe then after communion, after mass, spend a few moments uh, in that silent prayer. So, that's how, really, I envision people to use it. But for me, as you mentioned, this book also, you know, the original title I wanted to name it was Truly It Is You. And that was really to really emphasize that, yes, Lord, it is you in Holy Communion. When St. Thomas sees Jesus, the resurrected Christ, he says, My Lord and my God. And if you go to a Mass with a, a Latino community with Uh, with with a Spanish mass-speaking community, often you'll hear that acclaimed, The people will say that, you know, my Lord and my God, mi Dios, mi Señor. And and that's their acclamation of their acknowledgement of what just happened after the consecration. For me, I realized uh, just in the first few months after I was ordained a priest in 2015, I was saying four to five masses on a given weekend three to four Masses, sometimes on a Sunday. You know, we had three morning Masses, and sometimes I'd say the evening Mass. And by the time I would get to the third or the fourth Mass of the day, it seemed like I was just going through the motions. Like, I am the person that's reading these words and praying them to God, and God is effecting what is changing, But it really wasn't, I wasn't putting my heart or soul into it sometimes, because I was tired, you know, like I'm a human being, I'm a human person (laughs) like that. So I noticed that in my own prayer life, that that's how I was feeling. And I said, well, I need to do something about that. And every time then, when I started elevating the host at Mass, after the words of consecration, this is my body, which will be given up for you, you know, I would go through three different phrases, but I added one, the third one. Truly, it is you. And that was just to remind me that in this moment, this is the greatest mystery that is happening right now. And so I surrender, and I want to be present. I want to know that it is Jesus. I remember listening to some talks from Father Larry Richards. He was very formable for me when I was a young person, you know, a teenager. I listened to lots of his talks from the, uh, the the Catholic Foundation, I think it was called, or something like that, the the Mary Foundation. And one of the things Father Richard shared was that every time he elevates the host, he would say, increase my love for you and for your people. And so this is a practice of, of priests to, to have some sort of meditative phrase or clause in that moment, just to be able to appreciate and to acknowledge uh, what it is that we are celebrating. So that's one of the reasons why I needed to pause And you think about some of these statistics uh, of Catholics who come to Mass, and, uh, you know, they say there was that Pew study a few years ago that very few, maybe, I don't know the number, 10%, 20% of Catholics believe in the real presence. So that means the majority of people don't understand why they're at Mass, who it is they're receiving, or what we even believe about the Eucharist. And so that's troubling. And that's why a book like Meditations After Holy Communion is needed, because it reinforces our Eucharistic belief. It reminds you, well, this is Jesus that I'm going to receive, and now I need to talk to Jesus, because I am experiencing communion with Him.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, so beautiful, Father. You know, uh, I I, I really like how you talked about including, uh, you know, your own prayer of meditation at the elevation of the Eucharist. I mean, that is so beautiful, and uh, you know, I, I've never heard that before from anybody. And, and I, 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 I don't think a lot of uh, people have heard that, you know, in our listening audience. So, you know, know, know that, um, you know, I, I have seen that practice of the Hispanic community doing that. My, my wife is Puerto Rican, and so uh, she, she will say that. In fact, the first time or the second time I went to Mass with her, I noticed it and right after Mass, I said to her, "What did you say at Holy Communion? That's not something that, um, you know, we're I I know I'm accustomed to, but um, but it's beautiful and it's something that I think the laity can take on and they can be inspired by uh, to 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 do at that moment of elevation." to to just say that silent prayer inside their mind, you know, my Lord and my God, or truly it is you, uh, something that acknowledges the real presence of Christ. So that is so beautiful. Uh, Father, I got to take a short break here on Young Catholics Respond, but when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with you about this wonderful book. Uh, Again, it is uh, simply called Meditations After Holy Communion, And it is by Father Edward Looney, my guest today. We'll be right back after these messages here on Young Catholics Respond.
1: Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147, or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org.
2: The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith offers prayerful accompaniment for those who are affected by divorce and separation. We offer free online support meetings for those affected by divorce and for adult children of divorce. You can learn more about us at nonnatus.org. That's N-O-N-N-A-T-U-S dot Text or call 215-870-9913.
1: At times it seems like the world today is filled with so much division, bigotry, and hatred. So it's up to us to make sure that we get back to the basics, and that is Jesus Christ and his message of faith, hope, and love. Faith, Hope, Love with John and Morgan Bender is a new project that seeks to do just that, by engaging and inspiring Catholics within the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and beyond read personal faith stories, interviews, and news all by visiting the faith, hope, and love blog.blogspot.com or follow us on Twitter at Johnny Bender MKE. The Contemplative Stations of the Cross audio devotional is now available from Patchwork Heart Ministry. This devotional features an introduction and overview of the theology, history, and and Spirituality of the Stations of the Cross by Father Bill Zimmer, a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, along with an audio version of the Contemplative Stations of the Cross led by author Bill Snyder and the Stabat Mater, chanted in Latin by Marissa Ellison. CDs are $7.99 and digital downloads are only $3.99. Copies may be purchased by visiting patchworkheart.org or calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278.
2: Hi everybody, Bill Snyder here. Just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. And as a founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, we have so much more going on than just our podcasts. Check it out at patchworkheart.org.
1: Our Blessed Mother wants only the best for her children and has given us a special place where she promises to help all those who appeal to her motherly love and protection, telling St. Juan Diego that here I will alleviate the sufferings of all those who love me and seek my protection. That holy place is now the site of the beautiful Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. If you would like to learn more about how you can visit this special place of grace, please visit VivaGuadalupe.org for more information. Our Lady may be calling you now.
0: Your heart is always beating, but you never have to
2: think about it.
1: Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Welcome back, everybody, to this
2: episode of Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder. Today we're talking with Father Edward Looney. He is a priest of the Diocese of Green Bay. He is also uh, an author, and uh, we're talking about his latest book, Meditations After Holy Communion Guided Meditations for Every Sunday and Other Holy Days. Uh, that he authored, and it is now out. It came out in January, and uh, we're just talking a little bit about the book and how uh, it's structured and how, you know, he envisions you to really take it home and and take it to Mass and to pray it uh, with your family. But uh, Father Looney, you know, you mentioned something kind of right before the break. We were talking about just how important the Eucharist is, and Oftentimes, I think, as Catholics, we don't have that full understanding. We know that from one of the few studies you mentioned recently, where uh, 10 to 20 percent of Catholics are are about it when it comes to believing in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. And so that's a troubling statistic, as you mentioned. So how do we, as faithful Catholics, how do we, as people who believe in that real presence, bring that to our Catholic brothers and sisters— um, you know, not just, you know, the entire world, but just to our Catholic brothers and sisters to expand on um, those who truly believe in the body and blood of Jesus.
0: Yeah, so, of course, our belief about the Eucharist comes uh, from the sacred scriptures, that Jesus, uh, on the night of the Last Supper, he took bread and said, this is my body, and he took a cup of wine and he said, this is my blood, and You know, all throughout the Gospels, we see that the words of Jesus are powerful. He tells a crippled man to pick up his mat and walk. He tells people their sins are forgiven, you know. So his words are powerful. He enacts change. You know, for example, again, you know, they're on the boat in the water, and the boat begins to sink. And so... He calms the stormy sea, and that's what Jesus does. So his words mean things. So when Jesus says, on the night of the Last Supper, this is my body, this is my blood, well, we truly take Jesus at his word, that that is what he meant. Another Eucharistic teaching of Jesus comes from John chapter 6, in which he says, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the desert, but they died. But whoever eats my flesh will live forever. Whoever eats my body and drinks my blood will not die but will have eternal life. So that's the promise to those who eat his body and who drink his blood. And in the Eucharist, we believe in something called concomitance. So that means that we believe that in the host. So right now, because of COVID-19 and such, people are only receiving the host at Mass. And people are like, well, the full expression of the the body and blood of Christ isn't there. But in the doctrine of concomitance, we believe that that, uh, Jesus is present body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist under both species. When you receive the host, you're receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Lord. And uh, that, that's really one of the teachings uh, about the Eucharist. Uh, and kind of the big word that we as Catholics believe is transubstantiation, that the very substance of bread and wine has changed into the body and blood of Christ. That looks like bread, looks like wine, tastes like bread. Or as the First Communion students say, it tastes like cardboard. and like, how do you know what cardboard tastes like? And then, um, you know, it tastes like wine. But yet, because of those words of Jesus, it has been changed into his body and blood. And that's why we reserve the Blessed Sacrament in the church. It's why you enter a church and you pray there. It's why when you drive by, you should make the sign of the cross. It's why we go to adoration, because Jesus is present there. It's not... Not a symbol, as some people might believe, but really we believe it's his true, actual body, blood, soul, and divinity present with us. Jesus made that promise. I'll be with you until the end of the age, and and really through the Eucharist and through the church, that's how he fulfills that promise.
2: Yeah, you know, you know, it, that's beautiful. And I think for a lot of people out there, um that that maybe in the eighty or nine you know, eighty or ninety percent of Catholics who do not you know, understand that fully. Uh, coming to a book like yours, the meditations after Holy Communion uh, can really help them understand that. You know, bringing them through. And what I what I like about your book is that you know you bring them through each and every uh, it's Sunday, and then of course other holy days of obligation that that we have as Catholics uh, to. To reflect on that relationship, right? You you mentioned when you were talking there, just about it's it's actually the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. It's Him. It's His real person. So uh, you know we you know, we are made up of body, blood, and soul. Uh, we don't have that divinity portion, but body, blood, and soul. We we are you know made up of those things. And so when when we go to mass, when we receive communion, when God wants to dwell in us, um, we then have to respond to that relationship with that person. And I think your book really does that for people out there. Um, And so I I encourage people to get a copy of this. Uh, Again, it's short little meditations. These are not long uh, things, but the beautiful thing about short books and short reflections is that they can hang with you throughout the day. So when you go to Mass and you pray this, uh, you know, book as you, after you receive Holy Communion or before you receive Holy Communion, uh, what's going to happen is these things are going to return to you throughout the day. You know, you have a section in every day of this that is points to ponder. Well, pondering just doesn't happen in, you know, in like three minutes. We don't ponder things in three minutes. We ponder things over the course of a day or more than that. Uh, so these things are going to stick with you, but 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 Father, any encouragement for uh, people to uh, you know right now who 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 don't maybe don't have a copy of the book? I encourage them to get one, but uh, to to grow in their Eucharistic theology, uh, you know, during Mass. Are there are there little tips or little tricks you can give them to help them grow in their faith going to Mass right now?
0: Yeah. So I was. Would... Just encourage people always to uh, be prepared. That's one of the big things. You know, are you prepared when you go to Mass? And think about what happens at the Mass. We hear the Word of God, we hear a homily, and then we have the liturgy of the Eucharist. And, And so we can prepare ourselves for the liturgy of the Word by reading the Scriptures in a dance, by maybe meditating on them ourselves, and, I, you know, I've been doing a series of my bulletin columns just because I got tired of trying to manufacture a bulletin column each week. I'm like, I'm going to do a teaching series in the bulletin column. And I've been uh, talking about the mass and writing about the different parts of the mass. And, you know, this, this week in, in the bulletin column, I encourage people, you know, uh, there's that moment of silence after the homily. And so maybe what we do in that moment of silence is we think about those words we have just heard. And what's the nugget that you're taking away What's going to be the guiding thing that helps you during this next week uh, as you've come to Mass, as you've heard the Word of God and it reflected upon by the priest? Another thing that people don't realize, and, you know, the champion apparition, Our Lady appeared in Wisconsin in 1859 to Adele Bryce, and she told the young girl, or young adult, she was 28, she said, offer your Holy Communion for the conversion of sinners. So, we have the ability, every time we go to Mass, that in the baptismal priesthood, that all people are baptized as priest, prophet, and kings, it's in the rite of baptism that as a priest, that as you've been baptized, you can offer sacrifice. You can offer prayer and praise to God, not in the same way as the sacramental priesthood, but in, in your own right as a baptized individual. So when the priest says, pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours, my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father, Well, we realize that we can unite our prayer to that of the priest. Who do you bring to Mass? What's your intention? What's the way you want to pray for someone this week at Mass? Well, offer it up to the Lord during that Holy Communion. And then thirdly, when you go to the Eucharist, when you receive it, um, go back to the pew, kneel down, and just pause for a moment, maybe just uh, just close your eyes for a few seconds. Allow God to speak to you, and then you speak to the Lord and and uh, have those few moments for, for conversation. You know, Father Daniel Lord, when he wrote his book, Christ in Me, which was the inspiration for the modern-day meditations after Holy Communion, I wrote, Father Lord said, I hope you don't need this book. I hope that you know how to pray and that you learn right away and you don't need to use my book. And, you know, I echo Father Lord that once you learn the method— It's kind of like the rosary litany that I taught that once you learn the method, you don't need the book, but maybe the book helps you at least to begin it, to have that routine in doing it. So that's just a few recommendations that come to mind uh, in in terms of our approach to Mass and better appreciating it.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, Father, you're spot on. And again... This book is wonderful, and I really encourage people uh, to go and get it. And so, Father, uh, give us a little bit of uh, where, where people can go and get it and how people can, uh, you know, get access to this great book.
0: Yeah, great question. Uh, you know, lots of people uh, I always go to Amazon. Well, I always say go to Amazon as a last resort. Um, you know, support Catholic publishers. Catholic publishers are able to publish and so because of people buying their books and whatnot, so um, sometimes, you know, when you buy from Amazon, for example, they, they take a great percentage. And so buy directly from the publisher and make sure they can keep their lights on and stay open and continue publishing great Catholic content. Also, support your Catholic bookstores. If there's a bookstore by you, a Catholic one, go there, ask them to order the book. Many people have it in stock because it's on ship if they're with Sophia Institute. So get it from your catholic bookstore because again it keeps their lights on i i find the value of catholic bookstores and that you know sometimes i've wanted to buy a book on amazon it's like oh it's going to come in two days i really want it today and i'm in green bay where i where i'm close to and, and I, I stop and i'm like oh well, they have the book that i want and then i'm able to start reading it right away and uh, so maybe go go to your local catholic bookstore support them keep their lights on that's uh, that's just uh, a few recommendations of my own. Of course, uh, I'm sure uh, different websites and whatnot. Dif- I, you know, I just saw Leaflet Missile. This is a company from St. Paul that sends out a catalog that it was in their catalog. So I was very uh, humbled by that. So anyways, uh, wherever you buy your good Catholic books, that's where you can get it.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Father, for your time uh, today on Young Catholics Respond. And I also want to ask you, as as we wrap up, just for your priestly blessing upon... Uh, us and our and our listeners
0: sure through the intercession of our lady who was privileged to receive the holy Eucharist during her life from the hands of the apostles to be united with her son jesus who she bore in her womb may she obtain from god many graces and blessings for you in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen amen in peace
2: Thank you so much, Father. This has been wonderful having you and uh, certainly have you back uh, as you continue to publish wonderful resources for the Catholic faithful.
0: Well, thanks so much, and always an honor and privilege to be able to share the gospel and the Catholic faith.
2: (laughs) All right, well, folks, uh, until next time, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart.
1: You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patrick Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org, or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry. Did
2: you enjoy this podcast? Listen to other podcasts from Patchwork Heart Ministry by following Patchwork Heart Radio wherever you listen to podcasts.